next month. Portrait will release their new album, At One With None, via Metal Blade Records. The Swedish heavy metal unit have been forging their own path for a decade and a half, infusing new life into a long-standing, well-established genre. Their upcoming record is another essential addition to the Portrait canon, which will please new and old heavy metal fans alike. Purchase your copy of At One With None now at metalblade.com slash portrait. Once again, Portrait's new album, At One With None. Pre-order it now at metalblade.com slash portrait. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, my friends out there. It is I, your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by Brandon Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And? And I'm Sylvia. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. And make sure to follow other co-hosts, guys. Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. At Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And The Wizard of Jaws on TikTok. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, we got Nate Garrett from Spirit Adrift on the show. Super excited to finally get to chat with him and promote the new EP, Forge Your Future. It's coming out August 27th, guys. We're going to play a couple tracks after the interview, so hang in there for that. But as always, guys, before the interview and the songs, let's jump into a little bit of that Metal Sucks News. We're here to tell you what you need to know. Metal Sucks News. Who is raping and upcoming shows? Metal Sucks News. Dig a deep just to get the scoop. Metal Sucks News. Fill your head with the media's poop. Now that we have your attention, <laughs> lend us your ears. Metal Sucks News controlling my thoughts. Well, it's your fault. It's my fault. Fill you with me. No, no, we're keeping this. No, no, no. It's fine. Oh, it's fine, dude. It's, it's your so fault, Gooch. Long. You're the one who wrote it. I know, but I keep trying to go peanut like we're only gonna do the half version this time. No, no, it's the whole it's thing. It's good. It's the whole thing. The, it's good. It's got attitude. It punches you in the dick. Right. <laughs> With brass knuckles. Yeah. I'm not a dick puncher. I'm an ass kicker. Oh. Mm, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, like your I just wanted to sound tough. Yeah. I don't punch dicks, <laughs> I kick asses. <laughs> I feel the dick would be worse. Right. Everybody. Do you? Well, punching a dick would be more, worse than kicking an ass. No, yeah. it's not it's not a fair fight. That's well, the, the it depends. Is it depends you on. You, I'll fight you fair. I'll kick your ass. I won't punch you in the dick. What? It no, totally I, makes you sense take to someone, me. You See, take a guy down if you punch him yeah, in the dick. My deal is my. I just want to <laughs> win. To. All right. All right. We'll let you win. Dick punching. That's mm-hmm. universally two out of three people are into low blows. No, no, no. It's not like we're into it. It's Guess just. Guess who won the world championship 16 fucking times? A little man known as Ric Flair, who was. <gasps> That's <laughs> true. Very good at dick punching. Woo! Yeah, Thank right. you, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair. I, if you Ric Flair me, I lose. Yeah. Okay. Are you uh, Moving on to and the you, stories. And you know what? Guess who else did it? Who? 
Hulk Hogan when uh. he was bad guy. He punched dicks Ooh, too. Oh, bad guy Hulk Hogan. Dude, bad guy Hulk Ooh. Hogan. He had like he had like the the Didn't dark China do face that? and then the blonde mustache. Didn't China do it? Well, yeah, but you know she wasn't the world champion, was she? Eventually. Oh, okay. I think she was the first female like intercontinental. Cha- I don't know. Something. I'm going back to R.I.P. China. R.I.P. China. Anyway, so <laughs> before we jump into the first story, <laughs> guys, this is our 400th. Episode Yay! with Metal Sucks. We just 400. finished our 400th episode of Rise to Offend last week when we completed Chuck Schuldiner, uh Part Three, and now we are 400. Both shows are at 400. Wow. That's the mark we're at. Man, Brandon, do you remember? Do you know Sylvie? Do you know the story of how we got on this podcast? I remember when it started. Yeah, yeah. It was, we auditioned. Me and Brandon, uh, we sent in a tape to the bosses, Vince and Axel, and uh, we made a. The thing that we think got us the job is that Brandon's a radio personality. That's the only reason. And uh, <laughs> and we did a Phil Anselmo bit, <laughs> making fun of Phil Anselmo oh, that no. we sent to them. We're like, let's just make a bit and send it and see if they like the bits. Yeah. And uh, so I think 80% because Brandon's a radio personality. Okay. 7% the bit, you know, and then I'm going to give me about maybe 10%. But here's the thing. No, it's got to be more than 10, 10%. How did we stick around? Hard work and professionalism. Yeah, yeah. So 400, congratulations. Oh, that's awesome. Great job. Do you guys think we'll make it to 500? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. hopefully, yeah, you know, uh, 500. I don't, we'll really, have a I don't really have any fear of... Fucking uh, cake. Of, uh, of anything. Oh, yeah, we didn't get a cake. Sylvia wanted a cake for uh, the celebration. No, I mean, Sylvia could have brought a cake, but yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you could have brought, Listen, I mean, you brought a cake. Why would you rely on me? You know I space on things. I thought... <laughs> well, you, you got. You were here late today, and I was like, she's bringing us a cake. Yeah, and I'll then she showed right up, now. and there was no cake. Ass kickers bring cake. Dick At, punchers forget. Dick, dick punchers are just like, fuck your cake. First story. Congratulations, 400 episodes for our team. Uh, me, you, Jaws, everybody. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast for us. We really are uh, truly lucky to to make it this far. Between me and Brandon, who've done together now over 600 podcast episodes in that internet sphere, God dang, that's just too much. I want to erase 300 of them. <laughs> I, yeah, right, right. And we kind of did. We, we did. <laughs> we released a lot of damning evidence. Yeah. Got rid of those. Well, again, it's just like the damning show goes. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's like that show... You know, uh, the whole idea behind Rise to Offend is, is you know, you look back on the times and how different things were and how people acted. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, five years <laughs> ago <laughs> seemed like an eternity. Anyway, so first story we want to talk about, guys. OK, <laughs> how much do you think someone would pay to have dinner with us, with you, Brandon? <sighs> Nothing. I don't think anybody should pay. Like, dude, no. How you, about you, Sylvia? I don't know. 15 bucks. <laughs> no. Well, that's a sandwich and a drink. Got to go at least three figures. I want pizza. Oh, uh, well then, all right. Well, two slices $23. of pizza? $23. $23. All right. Okay. Now it is, and that's... I would go, I, I think the prices around the room would be pizza Sylvia, hut. at least 100 plus. No. Yeah, this is what I think. Brandon, 50 plus. Me, $35 plus. Why are you 35 bucks? I don't know. See, that makes no sense. You're kind of the backbone of the show. You're the one who knows yeah. the most about metal music. If anybody wants to talk to yeah. you. But I'm like good. the straight guy. You're like, you, you guys are the fun ones. Yeah, but we're also... Like the straight no, guy but doesn't, you... doesn't get more money to hang out with. I don't know. Sylvia's pretty straight-laced. I mean, look at this chick. Yeah. Yeah, me two margaritas the, in a poof. Yeah, yeah, me on the other hand. Okay. I'm already tying myself on, off for a needle. Two huh? margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, the, the reason we're bringing that up is Rammstein's Till Lindemann is charging $117,000 to have dinner with him in Russia. There's 10 available seats, so uh, 10 meals... 
And this guy's going to make over a million dollars in Russia. So uh, you do get a couple other things. I'll bring it up. You get an NFT, right, from him. You know, you guys know what NFTs are. Yeah, yeah. Everybody doesn't know. It's like a... Totally stupid crypto. and useless. <laughs> it's like a, it's something like cryptocurrency, but it's kind like, of yeah. It's it's, uh, it's like a whatever. Anyways, you get an NFT. It's like super duper exclusive. Exactly. Like nobody else could have it. Yeah. Um, like cryptocurrency, right? That's the whole thing. And then you also, it also does pay for him to book his, book in the flight, hotel room, all that stuff is is in there too. But it's oh, that's so nice. One hundred and seventeen thousand ah. dollars. A two two part question. Question A: Do you think people in Russia will pay this money to have dinner with him? I think someone will. There's only ten spots. Okay, and the and and the NFT. Let's just add that because I know those are popular to some people. What I don't understand is is what is the appeal? Ask answer the question. Do you think someone will pay this? I, there's dumb people out there. Yes, yes. There's I plenty was, of stupid people out there uh, with millions of dollars and they don't know what else to spend it on. And they're like, hey, I like Duhast, and that's and they that's it. <laughs> no, but they're probably like more hardcore, you know, fans out there in Russia. Hey, I like Duhas. <laughs> hey, I like Duhas. Here's worth $100,000. Hey, could you put that one video on where you're basically having porn in the background? Thank you. The video's called Pussy. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called. Um, yes, I believe the funny thing about there's a Russian story where some guy shared that and got arrested. Yeah. That's an old story. Anyways, we don't want to wow. segue. You think someone will pay $117,000 oh, sure. in Russia? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. Look, Rammstein is one of those bands that they were game changers. And for any band that doesn't speak English to come to America and crush the way they do yeah. says something. And now just imagine that they're across the pond in Europe. I mean, yeah, there's going to be people out mm-hmm. there that do that. They are, they are like a pinnacle band worldwide. Yeah. So it's like I imagine it happening now. What kind of conversation are you going to have? Are you even going to be able to understand him? You know, what I mean, it's like, is it all is it all Russians? Is it all or is, is it just going to be Europeans all over the place? Like, are, is well, it going to be interpreters? I, I, I'm sure that I don't know that part. You know, the details. Let them figure it out. The price check is what we're talking about. So, if you had hundred million dollars, ten million dollars, I don't know, whatever amount of money, uh, and this was on the table with a celebrity, who would it be that you would want to talk to? Mm. Off the top of my head, either Susie Sue okay. or Matt Bellamy from Muse. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Both musicians, though. I would go Henry Rollins or Mike Patton if I okay. had like 100. Same thing. I would go musicians, though. I was thinking about actors, but I don't know. Actors are really always kind of creep me out like in real life. And boring. Uh, <laughs> I would go. Wait, what do you mean creep you out? I don't know. Their personalities when I see Jack them on Nicholson? the Jack Nicholson? Are you aiming at that weird. one? Like I'd like to, like Sasha Baron Cohen would be somebody I'd like to sit to dinner, but I'm like, I'm kind of scared of him for some reason. Well, yeah, because you don't know what version you're going to get. Just, um, he's probably a normal dude, but for, for some reason, I just feel like something bad's going to happen. I would just I pay, <laughs> you know, like, I would pay $100,000 to have lunch with you guys. At least I know I'm going to have a good, good oh, conversation and it would be better and it would be good money. It would be good food. For a hundred thousand dollars, so we would get. You would pay us, the people. You well, if you're asking, if you're asking, week. if you're asking who Man. I would pay with, I'd rather do it with somebody that I know. I don't give a shit about celebrities. They're boring. They're just good at their job. He, That's he, it. He, he made us look like bad people because we didn't take care of each other. So yeah, I have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I basically said fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's the thing, and it's so funny because <laughs> now, every, sec- I got another sorry. part to this question. But keep, keep now, going. out of everybody here, though, who's probably the most selfish, time and time again, I've proven to be the most selfish yeah mm-hmm. metal sucks member <laughs> not this time not this time there, there's the, the there's a, a wind of change Pete, do you feel bad no i don't i don't either he, he, he found a way not to answer the question in a good way but yeah so not I being like a debbie him, downer but, he but totally even, didn't answer the question it goes like it, again though dude it's like i've met 
celebrities and I've talked with them and they're nice and everything, but I'm just kind of like, all right. And then it hits this point of the conversation and I'm talking five minutes in where I'm like, where do we go from here? All right, bring on the food. That's it. It's like, I don't know. And, and again, like these but guys like, aren't so interested in me. You just brought up Ric Flair, right? right? To have dinner with Ric Flair. Ric Flair, fine. If I could have dinner with anybody, Man, it would no, be Ric Flair. Count. You can't do that. I gave you your guy. All right. But it makes all the sense <laughs> in the world now. When I think about it, who's going to tell me? No, if, <laughs> you would just it, be hearing, woo, 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 woo. Yeah, yeah. You would get a woo just, across the table when he's calling a waiter. <laughs> We're $100,000. Yes, he's exactly. He's totally the whole time. But this is what, I think Ric Flair can sell these dinners for this is This is oh, what, and this 100%. is why I believe you. Number one, he's an icon. And number two, he's going to, he, wrestlers have the greatest stories they do. ever. Yeah. They do, because those guys lived a dog shit life for a long time until they became Ric Flair status. Yeah. To where they Either, were, fly, fly, you know, styling a profile and limousines and all that. Or it's fucking tragic. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> it's like, you know, you either live Mickey Rourke's life in The Wrestler or you got Ric oh, Flair, man. you yeah. know? Mickey Rourke would be on my list, too. What about actually? Triple H on the, on the subject Rick of wrestlers? Rourke. I mean, I just think, I just think talking to a, if I had a, the wrestlers that I have met, all right, and I've met a few, like Rob Van Dam, The Godfather, and, you know, smoked with them and had had some laughs with them. Godfather got me more high than I've ever been in my entire life. Godfather karate chopped his chest or something like that, and Brandon, like, lost all the wind. What? You remember that? No. Oh. That never happened. Godfather? I thought you told me that. no. You told me he did like a, a pretend smack. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like a pretend okay. smack. Not it wasn't like reals. the real, it wasn't like the real but wrestling he, smack, but he's like, hey man, you know, so I kind of did this to him and he, dude, he probably put in 5% of his, in, of his of strength. strength. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like dude, he's like, fuck God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how those, but those guys are huge, but they all have, they all have incredible stories and they all, and the thing is with those guys too, is there is a need to be the center of attention. When you're a rock star, yeah, you get to be the center of attention, but you also have these people just worshiping this, this idea. And the thing is with wrestlers, they're worshiping the character, mm-hmm. you know, and the wrestlers are like, well, I'll just live through it. And they don't have the money. They don't, they don't really have the money to just get this crazy ego like, like rock stars, like movie stars get. Mm-hmm. So these wrestlers are normally, they've seen the highest of the highs and they've also seen the lowest of the lows and they've been close to both and yeah. they're just a lot more relatable. All right. So there's, we all got an answer now. So they, fine. So, but, so, but again, so you still lose the $100,000 for Ric Flair pretty much. I, no, it goes like this. No, you wouldn't. No, I would pick you guys over Ric Flair, but I'm just saying oh, like. Oh, we still, he's still. Oh, well, because I at nice. least know I'm going to have a couple laughs. I don't know how quick Ric Flair is going to get bored of me. He's going to go, oh, this guy's negative. Woo. And he just woos, <laughs> him, woos himself out. You know, <laughs> this guy's cynical. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Where'd he go? <laughs> I, I want to woo myself out yeah. of a situation on occasion. I've I'm just going to woo over here. I've seen, <laughs> dude, I've seen people, I've seen like fans around famous people and it's like the, you could see on the face, dude, the famous people, the rock stars and stuff. They're just like, all right, let's just get I don't know. I was it. like that with Dave Grohl. Yeah, but that's God, what I'm saying. I wish but, I could redo that moment. Because they, they just, they just, they He's just sit there. Huh? They just He's sit there. Dave Grohl's intimidating. But, but what I'm saying is, is like the rock stars, they just kind of sit there and they're like, okay. No, and then, I wanted the, and then the other person's like, well, okay. <laughs> I wanted to be like, fun. hey, I had this whole speech and then I got, you know, fangirl that I mentioned Nirvana and like I only paid attention to Pat Smear and Dave Grohl and fuck everybody else. Oh, wow. You said that to him? No, no, no. I just was like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan of Nirvana and Foo Fighters and I just love you guys. Yeah. God. And then the other guys were like, thanks, bitch. But basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> basically. Yeah. Because Taylor Hawkins was not impressed. Yeah, Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like? But the picture came out great. There you go. You got the picture. Yeah, I got the picture. All that matters. The story that's behind the picture. That's yeah. all that matters. So, well, th- there we go. So we think somebody will pay this money. This guy's gonna make a million dollars on dinner. I. This might be a thing with an NFT. This. This might be a thing. So many ways to make money as a celebrity. And it's so many dumb ways to spend money. But yeah. do you think oh that God. they're doing that because of COVID? I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if, if this is going to be a thing now. I do too. I, I if can, they can't, you know, If, if you can make a million touring. dollars while eating. Ten yeah. times. <laughs> right? I, yeah. You won't be a chunk. It's not, it's not work, though, man. That's not work. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering. It's like, you know, if this works out, how many other rock stars are going to do the same That's thing? What, what happens saying. if he finds out, like, there's ten... What happens if the ten people pay it? That's a million dollars right there. There's other rock stars are going to go, oh, I could do this. Oh, dude, there's agents right now that'd be like, if this works. Yeah. yeah oh, we're, getting, we're getting some 10% across yeah. the world. Yeah, you're completely right. So moving on to the next story, guys. And this is the last one we're going to talk about before we jump into our interview here with Nate Garrett from Spirit of Drift. Um, Mark Rizzo, he, uh, he has left Soulfly and for Soulfly fans, he's pretty much been part of the Cavalera team for, since I think 2004, um, pretty much all my favorite records, Dark Ages going on, the Cavalera conspiracies on all those records. He's just always been the second member of the last almost 20 years of the Max Cavalera era, right? And, uh, he was mentioned that he was leaving. This is how fans fan out is that. Max said, hey, Dino Cazares from Fear Factory is going to be our guitar player on an upcoming tour. And we're like, what the fuck happened to Mark Rizzo with no response? And then it went on to say that Max said that he got fired. And then Mark Rizzo came out and said there was other things. He said that Soulfly didn't do anything for the band members or crew during the pandemic, meaning that um, they didn't do anything. They didn't put out a special shirt. They didn't do uh, a live stream, nothing. So there was, they pretty much just put them on pause as the world happened. Now let's go on both sides of the fence. As an artist like Max Cavallaro, is there a lot you can do? No. Uh, for you? you don't think so? so Ma- you, the, okay. I, SoFi isn't making money, crazy money. I mean, they're, they're a recognizable band in the metal community, but we also know a mm-hmm. lot of bands in the metal community that when COVID hit, these guys were working security. It's yeah. like, this is not a lucrative genre. So it's like to, to expect that they could just go ahead and just pull money out of their ass. It's like, come on, man. You got to give these guys a little bit of a break. Hmm. What do you think, so? I got nothing. You agree with that? Yeah. I see. I don't. I think that you have to be like, all right, I'm the leader of this thing. I, I got to do live streams. I got to do special merchandise. I got to do something to take care of the crew. I think live streams and, the band and stuff members. like that. Just something. Like I said, it, you know, it would have been like the best bet. That yeah. was like the smart thing to do during there's that time. Live streams that, you know, I just watched uh, Friday the 13th. I watched the down one yeah. and uh, dude, they, they had like a, a deal where you got a signed poster, a t-shirt and a ticket for $95 jumped at it. But say a bunch of people jumped at that signed poster and they have to sign 2000 tickets. That money right there not only goes to the band, but it takes care of the crew and everybody that's been out for a while. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where the money's going, so I'm not saying Down's doing that. But my point is, is that Soulfly could have easily done a package like that, and a lot of fans across the world would have a signature, you know, poster and been like, "Here you go. This is for our crew and for the people that can't do that." They, I, I mean, I'm just saying there could have been some thought into it, not to be like figure it out until we mm-hmm. tour again. I guess that's the guy, true. The guy did put in two decades in the band and wrote some of. I mean. Dude, I don't know. I've seen Mark so many times with Soulfly, and he's such an energetic guitar player. That's a huge loss to Max Cavalera. I don't give a shit. Like, that's a huge loss for anybody to lose this guitar player, especially that's been loyal and been in the band forever, because he does 
I mean, he's just an amazing guitar player, and and yeah, I think any metal band. Well, I guess to when you jump at, jump at picking him up. When if, you pointed out the live yeah. streams and stuff like that, again, and you could do a live stream. You don't have to be all in one place. You can have. I mean, I saw Lamb like of God zoo, do it. Right? Yeah, I saw Lamb yeah. of God do it where they were like, they, they were in their fucking closet. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like Toro too. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you could easily done that. There yeah. are ways around, you know, all that sort of stuff during so the I didn't pandemic. Think about that. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So, so yeah, all right, I, I'm reversing my decision. Something. Cavalera, let's step it up, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So you're reversing your decision. I'm reversing my decision. It's done. Well, since Brandon's reversed his decision, he's going to give us money to eat with him. I'm going to leave this and move on into the interview. But before we jump into the interview, guys, real quick, Rotted Through is releasing their debut album, The Depths, September 10th on all major platforms. The Depths is a Darknet-inspired horror show that gets deliberately heavier the deeper you descend. Get your pre-order September 3rd on iTunes, Bandcamp, or RottedThrough.com. And make sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RottedThrough. Once again, guys, Rotted Through's debut album, The Depths. It's coming out September 10th. Pre-order your copy September 3rd, iTunes, Bandcamp, or RottedThrough.com. And with that, let's jump into my interview with Nate from Spirit Adrift. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Nate from Spirit Adrift. We are here to celebrate the new EP, Forge Your Future. It's coming out August 27th, my friend. Dude, uh, real quick, before we jump into the music, dude, you're a boxing fan, is that correct? Uh. Mainly MMA these days, but uh, but yeah, boxing as well. Man, that's that's that seems to be the majority of my uh, my boxing brethren. I think the MMA is is crushing my sport because the competitive fights that you guys are putting on on that side. And I'm still a purist, but I can't I can't seem to fight win that argument anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a hard argument to make, man. When you know all the Paul brothers stuff is, seems to be like the focus right now. It's it's unfortunate. I know, man. I always <laughs> stick to the. He- I'm like the heavyweight division's interesting again with the Wilder and the Joshua and the Fury, and people are like, nah. I'm like, fine. It, uh, man, it, <laughs> what? No, it was headed in that direction, but I think COVID just kind of kind of sidetracked it, like it sidetracked so many other things. But yeah, I have. You know, the fight that really got me back interested in it was the first. Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder fight that that sparked up those feelings of like watching the old Mike Tyson fights and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, just got sidetracked man by the COVID big time. Yeah. And that fight was great for people that hasn't seen it. That was the uh, comeback uh, kind of of the division. And then I said the second one, obviously, I was a big fan of it. And the third one got postponed. I live out here in Las Vegas, so this is like my main sport. Um, oh, wow. We have a cool. ton of UFC. Obviously, UFC is from here as well, but uh, boxing's like from when I was a kid, all the fights that I've seen throughout the years. Um, it's just like my main gig. But the Fury and uh, Wilder 3 was actually supposed to happen in July out here, and I had tickets, and I was super excited. It was going to be my oh, f- no. my first damn, sporting event since COVID. And then, yeah, yeah it, got, it, got, uh, it got postponed because of uh, – Tyson Fury, someone in his camp got COVID. But I'll tell you this, people. If Tyson Fury got COVID, I'm, I'm going to pick Wilder in the third fight. I don't think you can come back that fast. That's my opinion. What do you really? think? Yeah, dude. I think- uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Mm. I, I don't see a lot of scenarios 
outside of, you know, everybody has a puncher's chance, especially somebody like Wilder. Um, but I don't see a lot of scenarios where he can beat Tyson Fury because the first fight, Fury was off for so long. Mm-hmm. And I've even been off all that time and Wilder having been active. I felt like Fury won that fight. Um, and I don't know, unless, unless he can catch him with a perfect shot, I don't see another way that he could win the fight. And he did catch him with a pretty good shot in that first fight. And I don't know, the guy's not human. He got up. He Undertaker popped up for people that don't yeah. know. And uh, it's funny because we I was screaming. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> it popped up. It was amazing. And I actually saw... Wilder Ortiz 2 live out here at the MGM Grand, and Ortiz was no working. Way. He was working him the whole fight, yep. and me and my co-host, Brandon, we were watching it, and we're like, do something, Wilder, and then eraser, like seventh he, or eighth round. Dude, he just touched him on the forehead. He didn't even really put anything into the punch. Mm-mm. It's really scary. I, I don't understand his power. It, and, that, and, that's, and that eraser, to me, I, I feel exactly what you said. I feel the stamina and everything that Fury has, the moves, everything's going to be this vital thing. But I feel that eraser that Wilder has if Fury can't maintain his stamina. And I feel if he got COVID, it's going to be tough because I've heard so many athletes say they can't, they don't feel right for a little while, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, why. I guess it depends on the person. Yeah. Seem, seems to be that way, at least. Yeah. And so... uh Honestly, the fight everybody wants to see is Joshua Fury, and uh, I don't think this fight will matter if Fury loses. I think that'll still happen, but um, I don't think Joshua has a, a chance against Fury personally. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not as familiar with Anthony Joshua. You know, I was, I was a boxing guy originally because mm. my best friend growing up was um, he was a real hard ass. He was a wrestler, like in middle school, really good wrestler in Oklahoma, where it's very uh, competitive. And um, then he started boxing. He became a really successful Golden Gloves boxer. Even when we were just like 15, 16, they were like shipping in grown-ass men from out of state because they couldn't find anybody his age that could compete with them. Um, So I was really into boxing because of him. And I, I didn't really like MMA when I first saw it. I didn't understand it. I thought it was just, I didn't think there was any skill behind it or, you know, it just looked like savagery, man, just like a mm-hmm. drunken bar fight to me. But once I started to sort of understand the concept of like integrating all sorts of different martial arts like boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling, sambo, whatever, it's uh man, it's just it's hard for me to just watch boxing now because there's just one one sport, one skill happening. And granted there's a lot of uh techniques within the discipline of boxing. But when you look at MMA, it's like there is, dude, there's just, it's like chess versus checkers, sort of, you know? Mm hmm. No, and I, I don't disagree. And I do agree with the rise of MMA. To me, it was just two dudes fighting for a lot of, dudes or women, sorry, uh, fighting for a lot of years. There was a lot of time sure. where it was just two people fighting. I knew the skills and I saw this, but, you know, early on, if people remember the Tank Abbots or even the Chuck Liddell years, it was, it was just a wild card of kind of fighting and, and it was exciting and entertainment, but it didn't have, like you said, the skill set that is morphed into, you know, um, and I, and I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, the, the purest in me is that I know that boxing has, um, killed its own sport. It's just because it was such a vital part of my town and everything like that, that I, I, I believe in it still, and uh, I still get a kick out of watching any fight I can. But the mismatches, 
Yeah. Man, it's like two years of mismatches. <laughs> That's what we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, it's listen, it's it's the oldest sport in the world, yeah. arguably. And um It'll always be around. That's what I like to hear. That's what I always tell people, man, when we talk about music and they're like, oh, rock is, man, jazz, reggae, metal. A lot of these things might be niche for people, but they'll always survive because diehards like me. Boxing is in that realm. It's not going to be, I don't yeah. think it'll be mainstream again. It might, you know, there'll be mainstream fights, don't get me wrong. Um, but I feel the actual mainstream is going to rise to the MMA side, which is totally, totally cool. I, I like change. I like adapting. But like you said, the sport will will always live on man and so with that i just wanted to talk a little bit about sports i hope nobody's mad at me right now because I, I, <laughs> I get in trouble when i talk football sometimes They're like who cares about f- doing whatever people are talking <laughs> that's the point of an interview right just to converse that's the way i always saw it but yes, um, sir. and hey that man there's some crossover with metal in the, the mma community ex- i know there's some metalheads i know angela hill's a metalhead that's why i wore her shirt on the cover of decibel um josh barnett obviously yep. there's there's some folks in there that listen to riffs, you know? Absolutely, man. And uh, I, I do feel like it, if we had to pick a sport for metal, it would be MMA. Um, has to be. Has yeah. to be, right? There's no <laughs> hands down. No, Nobody could mess with that. So let's yeah. jump in, though, to the record, my friend. The EP that we're putting out, guys, Forge Your Future. It's coming out August 27th, as I mentioned in the intro, dude. So um, you relocated to the woods outside of Austin during the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. And that's kind of where a lot of these songs came out of. Tell me about how yeah. the scenery, you know, and all that change kind of forged some of these tracks. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I'm working on the next album right now. And I, I was just talking to my wife the other day and I was like, this is really weird. There's all these recurring themes. There, there's a lot of, uh, not so much on the EP, but on the, the new songs I'm working on now, there's these recurring themes of water and rivers and flowing and, and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a the Colorado River flows right through the middle of our town. Um, and that's it's so weird because it just wasn't a conscious thing at all. But, um, you know, we take our dogs down to the river all the time. And, uh, yeah, I had been in Phoenix for, for nine years. I was only supposed to be there for eight or nine months. And uh, it just doesn't really rain. There's not a lot of naturally occurring water in the Phoenix area. And then, um, you know, coming here, it, it rains all the time. It's been an especially rainy couple of years, too, uh, since we got here. It's been raining, especially this year. It's, it's been crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I, maybe not so much on the EP because I, I wrote it right after we moved here. Um, but the songs that I'm working on now, it's, there's this weird, like, river and moisture and water, like life-giving water type of theme that's, that just kind of snuck up into the music, you know, uh, as far as the EP goes, I think one of the riffs, I'm pretty sure the first, uh, heavy riff, like first distorted guitar riff on the song forge your future. I wrote that in Phoenix. I was still living in Phoenix. I, I hummed that into my phone, uh, riding shotgun in my wife's car. It just, it was one of those weird things just popped in my head. I remember reading about like, Braun from Mastodon, before we all had cell phones with audio recorders on them, if he would be on tour, he would think of a riff. He would call his house in Atlanta and tell his wife or girlfriend or whatever, like, let it, I'm going to call back, let it go to the answering machine. 
and he would hum the riff into his answering machine at home. <laughs> uh, so fortunately, now we have phones that you can just, because I get hit sporadically with stuff. So I just hummed it into the phone. Um, so that riff was actually written in Phoenix. The rest of the songs were written probably in March of last year, right when the lockdown happened. I started writing a lot. Um, and really, I think more so than, than the new location, it was the new circumstances with coronavirus that sort of dictated the direction, um, especially of wait, the song Wake Up and the song Invisible Enemy. Um, Trump was saying Invisible Enemy a lot in press conferences. Uh, and so I kind of turned that around on, on him and people like him. Absolutely, man. And that is a cool thing you brought up about the recording when it hits you, because that's part of the the process of like, wow, this is stuck in my head. There's a, uh, just like you said with Braun did, but there's like Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon. And the record they released right after he passed was called Nico. And uh, one of the tracks is him calling the guys in the band and singing the chorus to a song on his answering machine. Be like, this is what I got and just going with it. And then they oh, wow. put it on an album track. So um, I think that's super cool that you never know when you're going to get hit with inspiration. So you're riding shotgun all of a sudden, and you're like, boom, and you, and you get to do it on your phone. That's a really cool thing. Um, man, I, that's, that's the fantastic part about like, when I get to talk to the artists in their mind of like the inspiration. It, it, you, can't, you can't make it happen. It just has to happen. Is that how you feel? Yeah. Yeah, you can make it happen, but it's usually if you're using – I've found that if I use the conscious – part of my excuse me if i use a conscious part of my mind if i sit down and consciously decide i'm going to write a song like this you know mm -hmm. it's rarely is it as primal and powerful and uh just good as if i'm using the subconscious part of my brain inadvertently um so, for example, I'm riding in the car, just not really thinking about anything, and I, I got hit with that that riff from Forge Your Future. I mean, that happens a lot. I'll be I'll be driving. Uh, I'll, it's usually like some mundane circumstance that something opens up in my subconscious mind, and really good stuff comes out. And uh, what's cool, you know, one good thing. I guess about <laughs> this last year of, of not being able to tour and not, you know, being locked down, I've been able to dedicate a lot more time to just sitting around and letting songs come out instead of trying to like force them to come out uh, or, you know, maintain a certain level of productivity. I, I've, I've really utilized this last year and a half to do a, a lot of a lot of good stuff, uh, you know, outside of music too. But but it's just been nice to be able to like not be in any kind of rush. And, and usually, all my deadlines are self-imposed. You know, I just have all these grandiose plans of like what I want to do, goals I want to accomplish, and, and that sort of thing. But I mean, I think we can all agree that last year and a half you might as well throw your goals in the fucking trash and just like write it out you know so i've just been sitting around letting the stuff come out and and the newer stuff man it's it's cool it's cool i like the, i like the stuff that that has come out of my mind during this unfortunate circumstance you know 
Absolutely, man. You got to stay positive. The songs on the EP, I feel, are a very positive vibe, you know, all the way through. And um, and that that is something that I think is great, man, because it shows that the outlook, despite where where we were, is still got a very you know positive. Like we're heading to the to right direction. I like that positive vibe of the title track, Forge Your Future, where you're like, hey, you get to make this call. Um, and you get to do that because uh, my dad, I, I quote my dad a lot on the show, but he used to tell me, he's like, good habits and bad habits, they take the same amount of time and you get invested yeah. in both of them equally. But if you choose a good habit over a bad habit, he's like, your mind is going to be in a better place. So I'm always on the the search, right? When I have something like the pandemic, I'm like, all right, I just got to find a new good habit. Like this last year I've talked about on the show, my, my habits were, let me learn how to meditate before coffee everybody I, after coffee it's worth it um yeah. jump rope and run so i lost my glamour muscles my arms aren't as big but dude i'm i'm, I'm looking i'm good right <laughs> those are my good habits for the pandemic and um i i tell you i miss them now that the gym's open and i'm back to like kind of uh working out like i used to i miss the uh jump roping every day you know which was something that i don't know i, I know you're into fitness but are you a big jump roper is that something that you into or no Man, I, when I was going to a boxing gym in mm. Phoenix regularly, oh, yeah. yeah, I did it every time, every single time I was in there. Um, but no, not during the pandemic. I sort of had this oddly fortuitous. I made it. I made a decision that I could have never foreseen, like everything that was going to happen. But I just got a made a home gym oh, uh, in the garage. And so I've just been doing a lot of like weightlifting. I was running a lot, but we're actually, um, we just moved into a new place uh, a month ago and there's not really anywhere to run. We're in the, like, before we were kind of in the woods. Now we're in the woods. We're in like a literal pine forest right adjacent to a state park out here. So there's not, and it's, you know, I'll make some trails someday, but it's pretty overgrown right now. Not really anywhere to run around. And that's, dude, that's annoying. I've tried to run in the non running <laughs> places and you're like slowing and stepping and no, it's horrible. Yeah, you gotta have that path. <laughs> yeah. My brother, he lives in Hawaii. He did the same thing. Home gym. He got a, you know, pretty much barbells, um, a rack so we can do pull-ups and stuff like that. So his glamour muscles looking good. Um, but me, yeah, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to skinny it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I need yeah. to do that, man, because we got shows coming up. And I like, you know, muscles eat up oxygen. And I don't know if you can tell by listening to the music that we play, but there's a lot going on with my hands and my singing at mm -hmm. the same time. And I got to make sure that I'm not wasting any oxygen, you know. Bro, I, I, I will preach, especially, again, I've never toured on the road, but I will preach that jump rope, man, you know, as far as yeah. like, uh, as far as what I thought. Because I remember when I first started, I'm like, it felt impossible. And then, I mean, maybe two weeks, I'm like, man, I got this all day. Uh, yeah, it's fun, too. It's, it I, is. I enjoy it, for yeah. sure. Matt from Gate Creeper and I were doing it on a Gate Creeper tour early on, for sure. I remember that. Now, being a metalhead uh, and all about it, I've always used exercising, for me at least, as a reason to listen to an album in its entirety. That's like, okay, this is, this is my routine. I, we all, to me, I think everybody has a listening to music routine to working out if they're metalheads. Do you have that as well? Yeah, I, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Carcass lately. Mm, perfect. Um, before that, it was 
so yeah, I'll, I'll listen to necroticism all the way through. I, I do a really hard Tuesday and a really hard Thursday um, that Carrie from Deaf Heaven actually sort of turned me on to this program. Um, and dude, Carrie's getting fucking strong. Look out. Look out <laughs> um, but he, he told me about this program. Um, I, so I only really go hard two days a week, but I've been listening to like necroticism all the way through and then heart work all the way through. Um, before that, it was that last internal champion record. I listened to that pretty much every time I worked out. Nice. Um, and then I was, you know, since I'm this most recent move, I haven't been able to make it to Austin, uh, for my Saturday kickboxing stuff that I was doing, but we would just listen to like the guy that sort of is like the leader of the kickboxing group. His name's champ Morgan. He's kind of like a fixture down here in Texas. Um, he he's like an older dude so he was there for like when thrash metal became a thing and all that sort of shit so we'll listen to you know slayer and uh we're big pantera fans so yeah i mean it definitely it goes hand in hand i listen to a lot of three six mafia when i work out too because that shit makes me want to fucking hurt somebody that dude that's what my rule is i got three records i can listen to a week and that's it over on repeat and that's like my gym my gym rule you know so every week it's like i know how it's like mathematical because when we're talking certain like creatives have that organic vibe like we're talking about with that subconscious and then me everything has to be like a craftsman it's got to be like one two three four five it's it's weird i wish i had the other side but i have to have it almost mathematical you know in order for dude i'm like that with with every other aspect of my life except (laughs) that's beautiful so you got right brain and left brain working i'm like i'm trying to get the but, but then you know I'm I'm like that with with making music too. Yeah. I'm not. I really. I really uh, am. I think maybe me and Buzz from the Melvins have this in common, that I am very turned off by high maintenance, like talking a lot of bullshit artist type mm. people who talk a lot about their fucking art and talk about art in general and say all this shit about whatever, fucking channeling the muse or whatever dumb shit, you know. I don't like that artist speak or that artist mindset at all. My mindset towards making music is fucking militant, man. But part of that, something that you have to factor into that militant like work ethic and that militant perspective of producing good art is that a key part of the process is to sit there and just, I think Buzz even said it. He was like, uh, and I think he got this from John Fogarty. I'm pretty sure is Fogarty said he never really needed drugs or anything to come up with music. He would just sit and stare at a wall and just start thinking of ideas or use his imagination. Um, so that's a, that's something I heard from Buzz Osborne who I guess heard it from John Fogarty. And if you want to talk about fucking prolific, Buzz Osborne and John Fogarty are about as prolific as you can possibly get. Like, go look at fucking CCR's discography. They're at the beginning. You know, they were a band for a long time before they became Creedence Clearwater Revival. They were all kind of co-writing songs. And then something happened in 68, 69, where Fogarty was just like, fuck this, I'm writing everything. And they put out album after they put out three albums in 1969 get the fuck out of here people talk about oh spirit of drift's prolific or whoever's prolific fucking ccr put out 
three albums in 1969, full of hits, full of hits. And, uh, you know, if that works for Fogarty, man, like obviously the guy's got a militant work ethic, but he knows enough about his own craft that part of his schedule or whatever, how he operates, is sitting there and staring out in the fucking space and like meditating, coming up with ideas, whatever you want to call it, you know. The, th- the funny thing about the buzz to John Fogarty uh, quote is that when I got to talk to Danny Carey at Tool, he gave me a Frank Zappa quote. And he's like, writing about music is like dancing about architecture. That was a Frank Zappa <laughs> quote. And he quoted him to me. And I'm like, see, that's how it goes. Like each generation yeah. will go through and be like, yo, this is, you know, we all get it, even though it's a different time frame. Um, yeah, but the same attitude of like, dude, what's, what is this? Let me, let me describe brutal or i don't know it's tough <laughs> it's tough i get Dude, it well I, and i'm i'm in an advantageous position of being able to look back retrospectively and learn mm-hmm. from these guys who were like i want to say geniuses but they would probably reject that term they would probably just say i just worked my ass off i just worked my ass off and i think they were open to learning about their craft and and uh, they have their ego under enough control that they can um, improve upon what they do and and recognize the areas of improvement. And, you know, I think right now it's easier to write really good songs than it's ever been because we have so much to draw from, from the past that worked in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good point, is that there's so much that you can learn from that's inspirational. But the, the original voice is something that matters to every musician, or I think should um, matter. Yes. And, and because there's so much out there, has there ever been a time where you're like, all right, this sounds too much like this, um, that maybe let's just go back to the early 90s that some of those bands might not have had to deal with, that modern day guys have to deal with? You know, I sometimes I intentionally try to sound identical to other stuff because it's fun to me um and i don't do that all the time but you know we have that song uh what the hell is it called the way of return it's an instrumental from divided by darkness Mm -hmm. and and i literally wanted to just sort of recreate and i changed the notes you know it's not a a steal as far as the the notes and everything but um it's you know a, a section from the animals album by pink floyd and we went so far as to like use the same amps and stuff uh just because i like the part so much you know i wanted to pay tribute to it um so there'll be moments of that but i'm gonna i'm gonna blow everybody's mind here real quick all all 100 percent of your favorite bands take shit from other bands because not one fucking musician on this planet is existing in a vacuum they listened to music growing up that made them want to play music the difference is a lot of them don't fucking talk about it because they're scared or whatever they don't want to look like they're ripping people off whatever metallica fucking stole riffs from david bowie you know mm-hmm. like you can go on youtube and listen to it it's a fucking identical it's way more of a lift than anything i've ever lifted the only difference is i talk about it i don't give a fuck I don't care. Like, you know what bands I like when you listen to my band. And I'm trying to fucking take the torch and run with it. You know what I mean? And 
I, I feel like we are really unique just because of, you know, the way that I was brought up. I, I got into metal at an early age, but, you know, I was driving around in a small town in Oklahoma listening to the classic rock station that was coming out of Tulsa. So I heard Tom Petty, Pink Floyd, uh, ZZ Top, all that stuff, Bad Company, Blue Oyster Cult. And then I would go to parties on one side of town and hear Three Six Mafia or like the Chronic 2001, which had just come out. And I would go to parties on the other side of town and hear like David Allen Coe and Waylon Jennings. And uh, that all got into my subconscious, you know? And I grew up reading Guitar World magazine around the time of like Opeth and bands like that were coming out. I'm, I'm like learning licks from Dimebag Daryl out of, Guitar World magazine, and and you know sometimes I'll be I'll hear one of our songs back, and I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like something from uh, Deliverance by Opeth. And not once have I ever consciously drawn from Opeth as an influence. Um, and that's the funny thing, because sometimes I'll consciously rip stuff off, and somebody will be like, oh, this sounds like uh, Bark at the Moon, and it's like, motherfucker, I was ripping off two minutes to midnight right so you know it doesn't matter if you do it on accident or on purpose to be honest i i am who i am and my music's gonna sound like sound like me no matter what i'm doing perfectly said and that's what i think man the music and the artists the individual the originality comes from it you nailed it like Led Zeppelin, the blues was a huge influence, but they're like, we got to do it this way. And, you know, and like you said, they took things like that as well. But um, every person who brings is up, you know, brought up in a different generation is going to have a different viewpoint on how things are and how they sound. And that is what's great. And that's one of the great kind of achievements of Spirit Adrift is that there is such an original sound and voice to it. Um, you can't really put things on it, but the inspiration that you're talking about, yeah, every artist is always going to have that. Um, and that's really cool, man. That's really cool that, I mean, that you're open to talk about it, you know, stuff like that. Cause a lot of guys, you're right. They get like, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm, nobody's saying anything. Hey, being original me, is tough. Let me tell you, dude, yeah. let me tell you who's not afraid to talk about taking shit from other bands. Thin Riz. Yeah. He, I mean, there's literally like commentary tracks on YouTube. You can go listen to Under a Funeral Moon and he tells you where every single riff came from. <laughs> And he doesn't give a shit, and Fenris is cooler than everybody. So if he can do it, I can do it. He's in the top five for sure, yeah. I think he's got a podcast out right now, doesn't he? Did he do so? Or is that the YouTube? I, I don't know. He had, a, he had a radio show. That's what it he was. Actually, dude, he played us on his radio show, and he said something like, uh, if you mix old Metallica and Trouble, it's going to be badass, obviously. And that I was like, man, I don't care what anybody else ever says about our band <laughs> i'm set that's that, all i need to hear that's a sticker on the on the lp right there yeah. <laughs> with the quote man <laughs> i love it dude so one more time dude i know i just passed up my 30 minute mark with you dude but let me just one more time promote everybody out there dude forge your future guys it is out august 27 make sure you're picking it up guys fantastic three track ep dude you put out a record uh, three, uh, two, uh, one in 2019, one in 2020. We get an EP in 2021. You're talking about recording a new album right now. What is your time frame on that, if you can give us that? Well, 
uh, all I can control is what I'm doing, and what I'm doing is uh, demoing the vocals right now. So all the music is demoed, all the lyrics are written, and uh, five songs worth of vocals have been recorded, and I got four more to do. Um, we know who's doing artwork, which is like the guy that I originally wanted to work with when I first started Street of Gips, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but as far as when it's going to come out, I have no idea. We'll probably record it next year. Um, but yeah, no idea. I mean, the vinyl pressing plants are like stuck in the Stone Age right now. So who knows? <laughs> no worries, man. And we know new music is coming. We got new music right now. You've been giving it to us every year. Uh, as fans, we can't ask for any more, man. Uh, last question, dude. I'll let you go real quick. Is your first show is October 18th out in Phoenix. You're going to do a couple shows with High on Fire. Are you antsy to get back out there, dude? Um, how excited are you to play that gig? Yeah, it's we have we have to play. I have to play, man. I, I it's my survival is crucial on on playing loud music. That's one thing that I have learned over the years. You know, we've had so many tours postponed and canceled. We were ready to go. I mean, two years ago. So yeah, we're we're gonna fuck everybody up. <laughs> Exciting, dude. I'm in Vegas. I can make October 18th. I ain't. I ain't worried about Do that. It. Phoenix is four Do hours it. away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of friends out there. We're 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 like we're very close. Us 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 and the Phoenix people. So, anyways, with that, dude, Nate, it's been a pleasure. Super excited to promote this EP, my friend. Thank you so much, dude, for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you, thank you for the time, man. I appreciate it.
Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks Podcast. Guys, and we are back. First two songs you heard, guys, both off the latest 
EP from Spirit of Drift, Forge Your Future. First track, the title track, Forge Your Future. Second track, Wake Up, guys. Make sure you're picking it up. It is coming out August 27th. Fantastic EP. Spirit of Drift, a band everybody should try to get as much uh, stuff as they can because, man, they never disappoint. Third song is off the record by The Ugly Kings. That song is called Techno Drone. Their new album, Strange, Strange Times. It just came out this past Friday, guys, so it is out now. If you guys haven't checked out The Ugly Kings, make sure you do check out this record. Once again, Strange, Strange Times, out right now. With that, I want to thank everybody who gives us the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. We'd like to see a five-star review for making it to 400. That's all I'm asking Aww. for this week. If you if you got the time, go, go over to the Apple iTunes. 500 review, 400 is an achievement for any podcast. Ask anyone. So we are very happy to be able to celebrate that number. So uh, five-star reviews on the good old iTunes is all we ask for. And also all the support that we get on our other podcasts. That podcast is called Rise to Offend. That is our documentary discussion podcast. Our three-part documentary on Chuck Schuldiner is complete. All three episodes are out now. If you guys want to hear three and a half, almost four hours um, of us talking about death, the history of Chuck, go over to Rise to Offend. Part one, part two, part three are out right now. And that is also at 400 episodes. And with that, guys, I want to remind you guys, everybody, that Jocelyn Sharp, she is on tour right now doing comedy. I'm going to give you guys some of her dates. August 24th, she's going to be at the Artifice here in Las Vegas. August 26th, Longmount, Colorado. August 27th, Denver, Colorado. August 28th, Kansas City, Missouri. And August 29th, Lincoln, Nebraska. Metal Sucks fans, if you're in those areas, go check out Jocelyn on those dates. Tell her you said what's up. Take a picture with us. And uh, yeah, make sure you support Jocelyn on her comedy, Brandon on his comedy, and uh, everybody on this team. So with that, thank you too for everything you do. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Enjoy that dinner. Yep, I will. (laughs) Until next week, my friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.